God, so good to be back. Good to see you all. Hallelujah. It's, who, we just are so thankful to be back in the church. Hi, kids. Yeah, the Glad kids are with us with today. Us yes. This morning. Yeah. Wasn't that fun yeah. seeing them? Oh, man, enjoy worship. Yeah. That's, man, he's, he says, unless you become like little children. Oh, yeah. Come on. Dancing before the Lord. That's all Dancing right. before yeah. the Lord. So we just want to welcome you if you're watching from home. Yeah, that's right. You know, who would have thought in the middle of March, in three months, everything that would have happened, how much our yeah. lives would have changed, how much the world would have changed, and we wouldn't have been back together uh, for a service for three months. Uh, but, you know, no matter what lies ahead and no matter what happens to us, we can be thankful that we know a God who's faithful. Yes. Amen. And a God whose word is an anchor to our soul, an anchor to our heart, so that oh. no matter what happens in our lives, like we, we're going to go through some stormy times, and even stormy times ahead, we're learning that if we lean into his power, we lean into the truth of his word, it will anchor us. And it's going to help us interpret some of the things that we see around us. Have you been perplexed a little bit about the things that have been happening in the world? I don't know if any one of us could sit here and say... I've ever seen things like this. I mean, you and I and All our right. families are going to need a biblical perspective like never before. We need to know Scripture, and we need to know how Jesus and how God sees what's happening in the world because God's plan is still God's plan. Come on. He's still working out his plan in the earth, and we're all still a part of it. And this is according to his plan. Amen. Certainly, all of our perspectives have been challenged. Isn't that true? Yeah. Uh, we thought we were just cruising on like everything is normal, uh, but it changed. And so now we have to look at the future and what is going to come. And honestly, if you're stuck on your own thoughts, you don't know what's going to come. And if you're stuck on your own thoughts, you're going to drop into fear. You're yeah. going to start to be afraid of what it is. And again, I'm going to tell you, now is the time to get into the word of God. Amen. Now is the time to build yourself up in your faith so that you know without a doubt these things, this trouble is all written in this book. But greater is he is in you than he who's in the world. That's right. That does not mean that you and I are not going to have trouble. It says in the Psalm 23, though we walk through. Thank you, Amy. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil. Yeah. And the only way that that's going to happen is if you fill your hearts with the Word of God, it's going to bring peace to you yeah. in troubled times. It's going to bring understanding to you. It's going to bring confidence to you. It's going to bring hope to you. Yeah. And that's when you tell others about the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, you know, really, the truth is it's been a time for adjustment for all of us, huh? <laughs> Everybody's routine went wacky. <laughs> Everybody working from home, most of us working from home. Uh, you know, Jim and Shelly, your shop stayed open. It was good. You get to feed everybody. Glory to God. Yeah, let me fix that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, we're looking at, oh, well, homeschooling. Okay, how'd you do there? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. How cooking at home? How did you do cooking at home? 
Yay. <laughs> okay, here's the next thing. 24-7 together. How'd you do there? Ooh, yeah. Teetering. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> there certainly have been a lot of changes and challenges to our personal life. But you know, some of you have shared with us that although it's been a time of upheaval, like just in the world and things happening in our home that have been just so out of routine, that in spite of that, God has used this time in your life to refine you in some ways. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes being in isolation and having the pressure hit our lives, you do a little bit deeper thinking. Come and on. sometimes, I mean, things happen in a good way. Like you recognize maybe some things about yourself that you think, ah, God's showing me some stuff here, maybe about my personal life, my attitude, right. because a lot, certainly a lot of attitudes can come out as we're 24-7 in the home together. So some family dynamics maybe praying about for the better. You prayed a little deeper, you know, a little more fervently, yeah. a little bit more sincerely. I'm as hoping. You see problems. I'm, we're hoping that's what we've been praying really for the all. You notice we have four prayer meetings in a week. <laughs> Jesus said, we've been doing, yeah, Amen. that's I what mean, it is. And it's not uncommon for God to use a crisis in our life to draw us closer to himself. It makes us ask deeper questions. And I, that's what we've been praying. Actually, yes. during these prayer meetings, that's what we have been praying, like sincerely that the church wouldn't come back the same, that God would show us some things as a church. Like we, we found ourselves routinely Praying prayers like, God, open our eyes. We want to see what you're doing in this crisis in our life. Right. Like, open our eyes to see what your will is for this time and day that we live in. You know, take us through these difficulties, but bring us a heart change. Yes. Help us to just examine our hearts. And bring, we've, we've prayed actually for a shift in the church. Not to be we, casual anymore. We believe that for a while there needs to be a shift in the church. A little to go a little deeper in our relationship with God. Come on. To be a little bit more sincere about our life and are we, is our life pleasing to you, Lord? We've been praying for a spirit of repentance and, and the fear of the Lord to come into this place. You know, so we've been praying, like everybody's talking about the new normal. You know, we, let the church's new normal, we've been praying to be a new hunger and a yes. new thirst to, to want more of God. And to see more of his life in our lives. How many of you would like that? Come on. Amen. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, you know, we've asked a few people to share their testimony of what God has been showing them through this time. I think it would be helpful and a blessing to know how God has been moving in different ways in people's hearts. And so we asked Susan Pulliam if she would just come up for a moment. Give her a hand as she comes up. Susan, just take a moment and share a little bit, because along the way, you've shared just some things openly with us about what you felt like God's been doing in your life. Good morning. <laughs> it is so good to see each and every one of you sitting here today. It just, yeah, you might pull this a little closer. There it, you go. It brings tears to my eyes, because I have missed you all so much. <laughs> <laughs> just to be able to stand at that door and give hugs, you don't realize how precious that is until it's gone. Yeah. But we are so blessed here as a church. Just, just to see all of you here today is, is beyond amazing. 
Well, when I got this text on Friday night, from Mr. Woman, <laughs> who I love, <laughs> there was two things in it. There was a please, and there was this little emoji with little hearts all over it. <laughs> he said, would you give a testimony? Well, that's what made me say yes, those two little things. <laughs> and because I do love her so. Yeah. And tell them, what, tell them what else you said in that text about your... Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah. She gave me like three different bullet points to talk about. And, and I did answer her, you know, fear is a funny thing. I was not afraid at all. Maybe concerned for the first week or so during this whole virus. But fear was never a part of it. Okay, hallelujah. That's right. But I got that text. <laughs> and fear kicked in. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, you know, that's my side. This is theirs. Yeah. Right. So already, you know, I'm, I'm up here shaking. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, um, yes, fear was not a part of this virus for me. Not, I, can't, I can't even think for an instant instance you know we sat at home for the first week and you know I love my husband dearly <laughs> but there's only two of us and a dog so you know it it was just it, I mean it was great but longer than I needed <laughs> to be inside so you know we have been coming to prayer meetings for the last what year mm -hmm. and I was so thankful to find out that we were still going to be having those prayer meetings. Because I was pretty much assured that they would stop just along with everything else. But I thank God for pa the pastors that we have who are so willing to continue on with something that is so important as a prayer meeting. Amen. You know, and Wednesday nights were our night. We came every week, I mean, every Wednesday night for a year. And for me, when we first started out, there was kind of a fear there, too, because when I was raised in church, I mean, I went to church all my life, and I've prayed all my life, but it was a silent type of prayer. It wasn't a, a vocal prayer. And so I'm coming to the first prayer meeting thinking, oh, my gosh, am I going to have to <laughs> pray out loud? <laughs> you know, or how am I going to sit here for a whole hour and keep focused? <laughs> well, it took about one prayer meeting to figure out Neither of those were a problem. I wasn't required to pray out loud. And by the time that hour was over, I was thinking, can't we go on? <laughs> so, I mean, these prayer meetings are so special. I cannot even begin to tell you how important it is to come together, united as one heart, and praying and agreeing in prayer and being just a part of God's kingdom here. I'm just so thankful, so thankful. So when this all started, the quarantine, and I knew Tuesday mornings were available, <laughs> I started coming Tuesday mornings too. And then we started Monday nights. <laughs> so Dan and I joined in there too. And Thursdays, <laughs> Ben and Amanda, you know, we're just so thankful for you. I mean, I'm not an online person, but we've tried to be there every week. So, you know, prayer is so important, so important. In fact, as I was reading this morning, I, I mean, and that's, again, they asked me to, to say what has changed in my life. 
well, my goodness, my prayer life has definitely changed. Our prayer life, my husband's and mine, you know, we share so much more prayer together now. Before it was just kind of him. He did his thing. I did my thing. Well, not anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and what a blessing it is to be able to pray with your partner. Amen. I mean, it is just so special. And with this Unite 714, you know, that has really kicked things in, too. And they didn't share, change the prayer this morning. I'm not sure why. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, prayer has really, uh, really become much more important in our lives, along with the Word. We have been in the Word yeah. so much more. <laughs> Dan, That's... bless his heart. <laughs> this morning, I woke up about 2.30. He's sitting out there at the dining room table like this with his Bible in front of him. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. You know, so staying in the Word, staying in prayer, just only escalates your faith. And, and once that faith is there, that fear goes away. Amen. You know, Amen. It's, Amen. That's right. That's yes. right. Well, as I was reading, and you know, reading has been a big part of this quarantine. And there are so many good things out there to be reading. But this was a little thing that came up on prayer. And, and it really spoke to me. It says, God is shaking everything that can be shaken. But nothing shakes those who can say, I am in prayer. I am on my face. I am walking wholly before the Lord. I'm ready, Father, for you to work in my life and in our world. Pick up your Bibles. Get on your faces again in prayer. Trembling before holy God. And then start looking for the time of refreshing to come. And that's exactly what happens. That refreshing does come when you're in the word and in prayer. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Share with us. Here's your microphone. You. Hi. I took notes so I don't talk forever. I'll stick to the notes. No. It was tempting to write just everything from the Bible and just say this. <laughs> that was tempting. I say, so I'm, I really am basically just going to read a little bit and then I'll be done. And I'll say, um, during prayer uh, a week or two ago, I don't remember days too well, but it was, it was here. It was probably a Wednesday or Monday, right? <laughs> um, I, I, was, I was convicted in my heart for real and led to confess that I, I, I wasn't, fully um, committed to God in, in a lot of the ways, say, over the last several years, in a, not a complete reprobate, but, a, but not, not totally committed. And that's, um, it's, that was a problem, and I, I felt that conviction. And so it, with a lot of things, they never just affect you or me. They, they affect everybody, so as the body of Christ. You know, this was, this was heavy on my heart, thinking, you know, I need to commit fully to God in order to please him, commit to pastors, commit to you. And so any jobs I have here, you know, that was, it was, it was heavy duty. And then what I got from it was, was forgiveness. Indeed, pa Pastor Steve instantly offered forgiveness and I was thankful for that. And so I can say, I, we're, we're told to confess. We are. And it's again, with the fear, there's no, I had no fear of, of a virus. Uh, but when you're told 
when you're instructed to confess, that, that's against my nature, and I can almost guarantee it's against your nature as well. Okay? So we have to own that and say, that's, that's against my nature to say, like, oh, you know, my bad. You don't want to do it. We're told to do it. We are commanded to do it. We're told to do these things. And so when you walk these out, I'll say, confess having faith that there will be no condemnation from God or from you as the body of Christ. We confess this, okay? We overcome the world by faith. So faith covers many different things, correct? This is just one. We do these things in faith. And so how do we overcome the world? We overcome it by faith. And so that's 1 John 5, 3 and 4. I would recommend reading these things because they're, they're very, very powerful. Faith that God is good. Faith that he is faithful, correct? He is faithful in all his ways. So what he said, he will do. What he claims, these things are true. He's working in your life and he's working in my life. These things are true. Okay, so that's why I can, I can confess in faith that you're not going to come back at me with, with any kind of condemnation. Okay? Yeah. We have died. We have died, and it is no longer we who live, you, me, if we confess to Christ, but Christ lives in us. These are true words. Okay? And so we read them, we know that they're true. We have died. It is done. This is Galatians 2.20, right? We have died. But there's outworking. You can't, I don't think we could grasp it all at once. We can't. So this is an outworking. Little by little, we pick these parts. We say, this, this is dead. You know, this, this part has died. It's died in me. It's gone. I can walk this out. And therefore, there should be no fear to confess. There's the fear. Natural man doesn't want to. Faith is one way to be obedient to God, and this is his will. I wrote, his, his will is not mysterious, okay? There are mysteries that we'll, we'll learn about. His, his will for our life is not a mystery. It's clear. Yeah. It's very clear. And I wrote, we'll, we'll sing praises to God forever for what he's done through Jesus. Amen. Forever, forever and ever. These are great mysteries that we will learn about forever. And when we're given a tiny nugget of some of those mysteries, we rejoice now. I mean, they're mind-blowing, okay? And they're so mind-blowing that we, we can't know that now. We, we can't know it all now. We will learn these things forever and ever, okay? But his will is spelled out quite clearly. And say another way to fulfill the will of God is to pray, to pray unceasingly. As important as this time is together, these Sunday mornings singing and, and learning the word from the, from the pastors, I'd say the, the corporate prayer time is, is at least as important. It really is. Uh, I wrote, this, this conviction and loving correction came about during prayer, you know, during a time of prayer. And these things will spill over into this time now into time at home, into time at work. So I know that conviction and wisdom and power will continue during these times of prayer. They, they will. I, these, this is more than faith. This is I know it. Okay? You get, some things you get past a point where it's, it's faith. 
and then sometimes you see it and then you know right. it's it's gonna happen so I know it's gonna happen and so I can't recommend enough to you to if you haven't in the past come to pray it doesn't I, nobody cares how you feel about you everybody can say like, I have an opinion about how I feel about prayer nobody cares really to tell you the truth and that sounds mean but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how you feel about it, it really just doesn't matter you just you simply do it and so those are like hard and I know I'm abrasive but it's just the truth you know no, nobody cares whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter. We're called to do it. There's so many things I don't like to do, but when you're called to do, you do. And you will reap. You will reap benefits. These things we know. We don't see everything clearly now. You simply obey. Okay? It's, it's wax on, wax off. You'll learn later. And that's, that's all I have. Love you guys. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Amanda, we're going to call up one more Amanda. Introduce yourself. Oh, hi. I am Amanda Ogle. I am blessed to be their daughter-in-law. <laughs> it's a wonderful blessed thing to, to be. Blessed to have you as a daughter-in-law. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So for as many of you, my life completely shifted on Monday, March 9th, when I got to be a teacher, <laughs> right? A stay-at-home mom or staying at home with the kids and teaching. And so my personality is, all right, great, we're going to do this. And I set my goals. I set my expectations. And they were way too high. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then when I realized I couldn't meet them and I was inadequate, I, like, crashed. Can anybody relate? I just literally <laughs> crashed. And... I, anxiety just welled up within me and then I was paralyzed. I had allowed the whole situation to just literally steal my peace. And so in that moment, I took scriptures and I started to place them all over my house. And at first that worked. I would read them when I saw them, but you know how you get used to seeing things and then you yeah. just overlook them? Yeah. So. I love my mom. She handed me her, gave me her Apple Watch. And so I downloaded the app. You can put it on your phone or your watch. But it's a breathe app. And it reminds you, breathe. Just take a moment and breathe. And so it would be for one minute. And it would just slow you down to inhale and exhale. And as I did that, I would just meditate on the word of God. And the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He helps me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I don't have to be anxious, yeah. right? He takes care of me. And in that moment, I would just do that. And I would remind myself and I would allow him to become my shepherd in that moment. And I learned in a deep way that a lot of times I can just push through, especially whenever a solution needs to be made or when the pressure is on, I thrive in those moments and it can cause me to not rely in those moments. And so I realized that I was, as I was doing that, my kids were picking up on it and they wanted to join me in it. So we would start doing it together and we would breathe in and breathe out and do our, and think through the scriptures. Um, but it was powerful. And I realized that like, as I was walking through it, which was not perfect. There was a lot of yelling that I'm not proud of, and I had to repent to God and to them. 
<laughs> but there was a lot of fleshy moments, right? But then there was also these beautiful moments of teaching them what it looks like in those times of just being overwhelmed, how to just come and sit at the feet of the Father yeah. and allow him to be my peace. And the schoolwork was, it was a lot. It was a lot for me to just learn and to adapt. But, you know, the school was trying to figure things out. So you couldn't get into a routine. And they were trying to figure out what it looked like at home and where they could challenge, right? And trying to figure out how to focus. And I was running out of ideas. I was simply just running out. It was like, I'm just trying to hold things together. And... Uh, this is my new life verse now. Isaiah 11:2. The spirit of the Lord rests on me. Amen. It rests on me. And I would sit there and I would, sit, I would just stand there. I'd be like hiding in the kitchen. Because <laughs> they're in the dining room. I'm hiding in the kitchen. And I'm like, the spirit of the Lord rests on me. The spirit of the Lord rests on me. Because if I go too far, I'm going to lose everything that I have gained to get order in my home. So I got to be right in the kitchen, like ready, right? And so I would, just, I would just sit there and I would allow the Holy Spirit to rest on me. And then I would, whatever it was I was needing, I would pinpoint in that scripture, I have, I have the spirit of wisdom and understanding. I know how to handle those behavior problems and see deeper than the behavior, but what they're really struggling with and facing right now their whole life has been turned upside down. And to truly understand in that moment and parent them and teach them in it rather than just demanding good behavior. <laughs> and then I would say the Spirit gives me counsel and power. Yes. When I have no idea how to answer the questions of racism with my kid and hatred with my kid, the Spirit gives me counsel and he gives me power to do it in a way that they can understand it, in a way that they can walk that out and that I can keep some innocence and purity there without destroying yes. all of it, but yet also be the one that's introducing it rather than our culture introducing it. And then the Spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. And I don't know, during these times, I have become so much understanding that as Pastor Stephen been talking about birth pains. And I have to, as a parent, be diligent and proactive in what it is that I want to teach my kids. I can't just expect it's just going to kind of fall off of me and they'll catch it. They'll get what they need. But to truly be proactive and to seek God in my inadequacy, understanding that I need him to tell me what I need to put into their hearts in those moments. And I learned that so much through this, of just that importance of not assuming what they need, but yielding to the Spirit and allowing yeah. Him to, to reveal yeah. and open things up and help me to pour into their heart. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I look at this world and I think, like, it's only going to get worse, and they have to live through it. And I wish that I could just put them in a bubble and protect them. But I also know that God called me to parent them in this time. Right. And he called them to be raised in this time. That's right. And he called them to have, for me to have grandkids in the future and for them to have kids and to be ready for what is to come. Amen. And I realized like my calling and my mission and my purpose first and foremost is what I'm doing in them. That's where it starts. Not everything else is minimal. 
compared to that. And that became very real during this, very real, that I have to be proactive. I have to yield to the Spirit and allow Him to lead me and teach me and teach them. And also know that, guess what? I'm not going to do it perfect. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. I'm going to miss it. (laughs) And to be okay with that. And to put my trust in God that I, I had a lot of conversations with Pastor Mamie, like, how am I supposed to parent in this? Like, I feel so inadequate. But guess what? It's in my weakness that he is made strong yes. as long That's as right. I surrender yes. to his power and the spirit of Christ within me. Yes. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen automatically. I had to literally take the time and make myself yield to the spirit of God and push it to the side. And I learned that as I trust God in that, that even in my inadequacy, they are learning how to do the same. So whatever I don't teach them, they are getting their own relationship here. And whatever I missed, whatever I didn't get to, he will teach it to them. And there is such hope in that, that I can just trust him in that and know they will be ready for whatever comes their way because God loves them even more than I do. Yeah. And they are growing in that personal relationship with him to get it. So this time was very hard. There were a lot of tears. There were a lot of breakdowns. (laughs) There were a lot of times me going into Ben's stay at home office and being like, I'm disappearing. They would come up the stairs and I would lay on the floor to hide. I was like, I'm not here. So there were rough moments and there were rough days. But overall, I can say that I learned how to truly allow God to shepherd me and to really yield myself to the spirit of God. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you for that. It sounds like there's a little preach in her, huh? (laughs) It definitely sounds like a little preach in her. Well, God really has given us all time to reflect, you know, and it's important for us to understand that we had uh, this Corona virus, this Corona 19, COVID 19. It it caused us to react really suddenly to what was happening, and you know you have to understand and look at yourself and judge yourself. How did you react? How did it go for you? Were you? Uh, you know, fearful, what happened? You know, we, we, what happened personally? What happened as a, as a body of Christ? Did we stay together? Did we hold on to each other? How did we act, react at home? Uh, I mean, you can probably hear stories just like what we heard, an honest story, how everything was like at certain times, it gives upheaval and, it, it, you know, you lean into God. Did you stay connected with one another? Did you connect with the church brothers and sisters? as pastors had to look to see how we all reacted too. I mean, you're, you're the flock and, and I have to ask God and myself, how did we do Lord? What, how did we do? Did we stay connected? We understand that the crisis creates all sorts of needs, personal needs with each one of us, but we quickly tried to organize a, Text messages and, and phone calls and 
and then all of a sudden we realized we had no online presence. <laughs> Nothing. And uh, so what we did, we, we, Pastor Ben and Amanda quickly uh, stepped up to it and instantly created an online presence for us. Uh, I just want to thank you publicly, you two, yes. all the work yeah. that you did. All yeah. for the message of the gospel to yeah. keep continually going out. You know, with the government guidelines and, and the limit of amount of people, uh, most churches really couldn't meet. We continue prayer meetings, but uh, you know, the gospel should never stop. Yeah. Ever. It should never stop. It should never be restrained. But listen, folks, as we move on in the close of the age, it might be dip more difficult to get the message out. There are certain people that troll pretty much all the, e all the emails. They control all the text messages. They control all the feeds going on. Uh, the conservative message is being eliminated. And so, you know, again, the gospel. You are containers of the gospel. You are the ones who got to go in your sphere of influence and spread the gospel. That's a requirement that Chris was saying God has placed on our hearts. God has really placed on our Since hearts. I just I want to mention again, I know Pastor Ben and Amanda, we just I still want to say thank you again because we had a lot of help. Yes. And but I just think about some of the things that happened in the troubleshooting and we had no you know, we had no online service before this happened. None. And we had a Facebook page, but no, this is far different to do a Facebook Live, and then to do a premiere and figure out everything that's involved in that, and we did, and it went without a. Well, there were a lot of hitches and a lot of glitches, but it, but it happened the following Sunday. Yes, the very next Sunday. And we, I, you know, didn't along miss. with video resources for the kids that went up, and we do yes. have a YouTube CLC YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. I think. <laughs> How many did we have at the beginning of this? I don't remember. It was less than 10. Now we ha I just checked it yesterday. It's like, oh, we're almost up to 50. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's not just about, oh, we have a YouTube channel and now we'll be recording online. It really is the joy of this is that we will have an online presence for the sake of the gospel. Yes. And for people staying for at home. Gospel. I mean, there yes. are people that cannot come in a, and gather in a crowd yet or don't feel comfortable. Uh, but it did take... It took a lot of hours and hours and hours uh, of fixing and researching and editing, and so many of you were involved in helping to make that all happen. But and now we have a, this wonderful camera yep. that we're video things with instead of Amanda's iPhone. Which great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, last not, last week I have to say this, and it's not because you're my son, but because. I think it's helpful for all of us to know, have a greater understanding and appreciation of what happens behind the scenes to make church online happen. Yeah. Because it's so easy to grab your coffee, open your computer, or sit down in front of your TV and do a click and see something and go, oh, this is great, but not realize that at 3 o'clock in the morning, this man is trying to figure out how to make the audio work with the new camera so that the, <laughs> and the lighting and all work. And I think... 
Thank you, Pastor Ben, for doing that. You deserve, yeah. you deserve a hand, you know. <laughs> and meanwhile, he does work a full-time job secularly. And, uh, that's right. You know, along with Amanda doing all, like she just said, the homeschooling. And so there's just been, well, we want to really thank everybody because there was a team of people, like you said, involved in making all these things happen. We have a new lighting situation. Tyler got some guys together. Yep. And, and we got new lightings put in. We have the, the praise and worship team that they, they did, I think, maybe four or five, maybe six sets. And then, you know, recording that and putting it on and putting it together. Uh, again, uh, we upgraded from Amanda's iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that means that there's going to be, uh, for looking forward, there's going to be more challenges. And that means that we're going to need more people to volunteer and step up and and make things work as well as they did. Yeah. You know, our doors never did close. The Amen. rummage sale collection kept going on. Yep. Uh, the outside building maintenance kept moving forward. Again, Pastor Mamie said we put, redid the lights in here. Uh, you know, best of all, we added two prayer meetings. We added one on Monday. We added one on Thursday. You know, I just, you know, the church never closed. It was open and available for everybody. Yeah. You know, we, you, you, really, you have, to, you have to reflect and look back on the last three months, really, it, because everything's changed, folks. It's not the same. It is not the same. And it's really important for us to realize that we must be ready for what's coming and in the crisis you know now i see that there's going to be a, a tropical storm coming in on florida so one thing right after the other so it's important us for to be ready it's, it's for us to be during a crisis to be unified and, and because the truth is we are stronger together right you know you do really realize how important it is to stick together and how much you do need the body of christ when you go through things like this and to pitch in to help keep the church alive and to check on one another, pray yes, for one another, yes. reach out to one another to continue to support the church like with your finances. I mean, the, all these things are important to keep the church going strong, which is God's intention. Uh, we're going to just read quickly here. Hebrews 10, 25, it says, it's a good scripture for us to remind ourselves and let us Think of one another and how we can encourage each other to love and do good deeds. Let us not hold aloof from our church meetings as some do, but let us do all we can to help one another's faith. And this is, and this the more earnestly as we see the final day drawing near. Yeah, the final day is. And I understand near. there's concern with a virus, and not everybody can gather physically together. But we have to balance some of this out with our faith. And there is a reason that God tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And not just in larger settings, but even in smaller, in our homes. We can get together in our homes. Isolation is just not healthy for us. That's for you know, sure. The body of Christ is stronger together because the body parts, you know, when you're connected, the life, the blood flows through all the body parts. And it's the same way for the church. We need to stay connected so the life of God flows through us. And, That's of course, right. you know, the Bible is a prophetic book. It tells us uh, things that are coming. And it tells us that we're people who are to live by faith. And if we we're to live by faith, we have to see what God sees and he says is coming. 
and the Bible will open our eyes to recognize these things. And right. this, is, this is part of what we must be unified around. Will I be prepared spiritually with my family in the days ahead? Am I preparing spiritually to get ready for the days ahead? Just like what Amanda was saying. Correct. God was showing her. Right. You know, will I be prepared to help my church family? You know, my brothers and sisters in Christ. What's God asking me to do to prepare? Right. The Holy Spirit is telling us right now that things are going to be getting darker. But that's why the light, we are light. We're a city set on the hill. That's why when we gather together, we're stronger together. We really are. You know, Acts chapter 4 talks about, you know, here we've got to understand that that early church was in a difficult time itself. It was tumultuous time and they were being persecuted. And this is, I'm going to pick it up right here in Acts chapter 4, and that's verse 15 or 18. And the key is here that Peter and John had just had a miraculous healing. Jesus made this incredible healing through Peter and John. But what happened is the people who were in authority, you would think they'd be happy. Well, they weren't. They threw them in prison. And then the next day, they came up and did this. This is the scripture in 18. They called Peter and John and ordered them never to teach about Jesus or mention his name. Now listen, this is it. Peter and John answered them. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So this is our job, like Chris says. Straightforward. Decide for yourself whether God wants people to listen to you rather than to him. As for us. As for us. We cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Now listen, this is the occasion that you disobey the authorities. When they try to shut your faith down, you, you, you can't. You know, that day may be coming to an America. Now here's, I want you to look at what the strength is as they gathered together in the early church. And the strength is as we gather together. And you online, you, that's an on-ramp for you to come and join us here. It really is, because you need us, and we need you. We're a body of Christ. We're the body of Christ, and so we meet and make it complete. Acts chapter 4, let's pick it up here. On their release, after Peter and John got out of prison, look what it says here. They went back to their own people. And reported all the chief priests and the elders and said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. This is Psalm chapter 2. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed. Verse 27. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you've anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 
After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. And all believers were of one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. And they all shared everything they had. It's awesome to think what might have happened in that prayer meeting. The building shook. The building shook. That's the kind of shaking I'm talking about, amen? <laughs> Come to prayer with an expectation. <laughs> you know, our country's in, in trouble. Amen? I want you to recognize something. I want you to look at, when you, you have time, I want you to look at Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. When this is all unfolded, I want you to listen to these words. This is in light of the... This is in light of the racial tension. Listen carefully. After these things... This is John. Get a glimpse of heaven. Listen carefully. After John got a glimpse of heaven. He's, this is what he's reading, writing. After these things I look and behold a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne of the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in, palm branches in their hands. Heaven is not white. Actually, you aren't white, neither am I. It's, we're, there's skin tone in there. But listen to this too. As followers of Christ, we are commanded this. This is found in 1 John. John wrote this. John wrote Revelation. This is, this is the balance. This is the straightforward talk that Chris is talking about. God's will is not a mystery. It's right in front of your face. It's just whether you choose to do it or you don't. But I believe this place here wants to do God's will. Yeah. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. <laughs> First John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother. Okay. And hates his brother. What did Revelation say? Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people. Heaven's going to be full of color. He says, if I declare that I love God and I hate my brother. Ready for this? He's a liar. Straight up. If, if you have a, a, something against black people, Asian people, Chinese people, and they're Christians and you say you hate them, you're a liar because God says that you don't even love God. Yeah. Whoa! Okay, let's jump the track, amen? amen? Let's get on with it. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay, I'm going to release that hatred right now. Release it. And God will fill that up with love. Yeah. Love. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. 
For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. It's straight up, isn't it? And this is the commandment that we have from him. That the one who loves God should love his brother also. Commandment. Commandment. Amen? Amen. This church is going to love all people. All people. All the time. Amen? Jesus loved you and your worst. He loves me and my worst. And thank God he gave me ears to hear. Yeah. But you know, I, as we close out, we do, we want to pray for our nation. We want to pray for our church, our families. Um, because in our culture is in a very troubled, troubled place. There is so much um, hatred and darkness. You know, we talk about what did we do as a church? Did we unify as a church? during this time when the virus hit and we all went into isolation. You know, we, did we have a unified sense of what God was doing? And then you, then you look out at the world and you think, there's so much confusion uh, and darkness in the world. And, but the interesting thing is when things go crazy in the world, if you look at that second chronicle scripture that we've been praying through the Unite 714, verse 13, also has something to say about what God is doing in the midst of it. Because he says, when I send the pestilence and I send drought, he, he's, God gets involved to get our attention. He, gets, he wants the attention of his people because his people are the ones with power. His people are the ones who are going to walk forward with the plan and purpose for the earth. And so he says this, I'm going to re remind ourselves of that scripture as we close out. Here he says, if my people who are called by my name. So that means us. That means a believer, a follower of Christ will humble themselves and turn, he said, from their wicked ways. So we have to examine ourselves and say, God's given, putting some conditions on right. the healing of our nation, the healing of our land, the healing of our church. He's saying, ask yourself, and I'm asking myself, and this is what we've been praying for in these prayer meetings. What, what are my sinful ways that the Lord's asking me to turn from? Yes. Because that's, that's the condition. If my people will, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then he says, I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land and I'll heal their hearts. Yes. And so let's just take a moment to do that as we close out here. Because the deepest need really beyond political or cultural change, it's a heart change. Yes. It's, a, it's our hearts to change. That's where the solution is. That's what's going to fix the brokenness in the world. But God's gonna start with his church. And so let's ask the Lord. God, we call out to you, Lord, for a spirit of repentance to come and hit our own hearts. Examine us, Lord. We wanna walk in unity, we wanna walk in the love. Lord, that you've, been, that you've shed abroad in our heart. But examine us, Lord. You know, we may not all share the same DNA, but as believers, we share the same, you are our same Heavenly Father. Yes, amen. Yes, yes. And we need to be setting the example. 
of this kind of love to the world and unity. Jesus, you broke down the dividing wall. You made us one new creature, no new person in Christ. Examine our hearts, Lord. We do pray for a spirit of repentance. Yes. We pray that the fear of you, the honor of you, Lord, that your glory would fill your church again, fill it up. Hum we, we humble ourselves before you, Lord. Teach us your ways. We do personally renounce unrighteousness. We renounce the hatred. We renounce the pride, the prejudice, and racism. We renounce it. We ask you to send a spirit of unity, God, into your in repentance into your church, Lord. In the midst of darkness, let your church be the ones to rise up in light, rise up in power. Yes. Rise up in love, yes. Lord, for one another and love for you in a deeper way. Go ahead. I just want to let you know that at this time, that really, the Spirit of the living God is, is, is drawing people to himself. He says, come out of darkness into this light, into this life that Jesus Christ offers. Come as you are. He'll, he loves you right in your worst time. But he'll, he'll wash you clean by forgiving your sins. He'll set you right in his heart. He'll set you right in your heart. And you can walk out of darkness into light, into his marvelous light. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus all your life, you know, count the cost because like Chris says, we've been crucified. The Bible declares in, in Galatians, we have been, when we accept Jesus Christ, we're crucified on that cross with him. The flesh dies and now new life comes. It's so spiritual. If you're ready, let's say this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask you for forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sins. And that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my savior. And follow him all the days of my life. Guide my life, Lord. Help me to do your will. I pray all this in Jesus' name. If you said that prayer, I believe that the Spirit of God came into your heart. And you're a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away, all things become new. And we want to help you with that. Come, join us here at our church.